good tidings, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Artsy AF Podcast. I'm Andrew Norris, your host. And first order of business this week, I want to shout out the man, Austin Weber. Austin is a Patreon subscriber, and as such, he gets a shout out on the episode after he subscribed. Last week, I didn't get to give people your social media handle, and that is at NotSoSmooth on Instagram. Check him out. He's got some acrylic paintings up there. Big shouts to you, sir. Second order of business is that the Patreon subscribers will get the video of the interview on Monday. That's today when you're hearing this. And the suggestion box is open for a second tier and above. I've already reached out to the suggested artists that people have uh, wrote in about and have booked one so far. So if you're interested in becoming a patron, please check out patreon.com slash podcast. I've got some benefits on each tier level there that you can find. You can get merch, you get to watch videos of the podcast, and give out suggestions of artists to have on. All right, this week's guest is Jen Ingram. She goes by Ancient Digital and Tribe 13 Gallery on Instagram. I'll have the links there in the description. Jen is a curator, festival art coordinator, art history student, and co-founder of Tribe 13 Gallery. If you don't know Tribe 13 Gallery, they are instrumental in bringing visionary art to the world. Jen and I talk about the genesis of Tribe 13, some of Jen's most memorable festival moments, the importance of clear communication, and what she looks for in applicants to participate in a gallery, among several other topics. We touch a bit, small bit on NFTs. The important thing here is to check out hicketnunk.xyz and calament.io for platforms minting NFTs on the Tezos blockchain, which uses proof of stake to verify a transaction. Proof of stake uses a fraction of the energy that proof of work does, more or less solving for the problem of NFT energy consumption. And I'll include a link about proof of work versus proof of stake in the description here. So let's get into it. Jen Ingram. So Jen, thank you for coming on RTAF. Appreciate it. Awesome. I'm super honored. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I'll give you like a proper intro and like something that I record later, but, um, for people who, who might not know, um, tell them about, uh, tribe 13 and how you got started in like the, uh, the gallery festival gallery world. Yeah. Well, tribe 13 has been around since 1997. Um, I met Roman, sort of randomly in Seattle, Washington at the Pike Place Market. And we sort of established a sort of crush or excitement towards each other. And I actually wanted him to paint my Volkswagen bus at the time. So it was very nice. Sort of sort of funny, sort of awesome, sort of weird actually that it ended up being an entire community of artists and kids and all of these things. So um but yeah we basically you know it was his vision 100% from the gate and I just sort of um you know helped implement it being he was this you know super powerful artist and he had this vision and I wanted to make sure that 
you know, it could happen. And it just happened really fast. We started to attract all these different types of people. And, you know, we hadn't really ever been to like a festival in that sort of realm like that, where people wanted, um, they start hiring us to do like live events where we would coordinate the live painters. I think our first really big one was in 2000, 2000 and then mm-hmm. 2003 was uh, Earth Dance. Oh, so nice. that's sort of nice. like, yeah, we did the interdimensional um, art show in 2003 and that sort of was the big catapult that sort of pushed us into the next, um, from the fine art gallery into like the festival realm. Nice. What was, so what was that, the interdimensional art show? Well, it was a a collaboration. We had work from Alex Gray. We had uh, Martina and Robert had their pieces in there. Chris Cooksey, Chris Davidson. It was a full fashion. We had a fashion show. We had music. So it was fully based on music. Um, It was in Seattle. It was at our own personal gallery. Um, we weren't really sure what to expect. We knew we were building something big, but we weren't really sure what was going to happen. They put a full page ad in juxtapose and I'm telling you over a thousand people were aligned around the street. Mark Henson brought his, <laughs> um, sharing the wealth banner. It's like a huge, it was like a hundred feet by 40 feet on dropped it on the side of the building. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the sharing the wealth, but check it out. Uh, by Mark Henson blew people's minds. I mean, people were, they didn't know what to do. And we had to like turn people away. It was a complete and utter success beyond for visionary culture, for our friendships. Like from that on, from that point on, it sort of blew up into a family. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. It's funny. Just a funny like side note. Um, In 1997, I was like 12 years old. Right. But I was, I visited Seattle for the first time with my family then. And I remember like the Pike street market and people like tossing fish to each other and stuff like that. And I I was probably working there. Yeah. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. Selling tight eye baby clothes. That's so wild. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, isn't that crazy? Like how things like synchronicities or, or, you know, coincidences or whatever you want to call them just kind of pop up and you don't even know until you know and it's just weird um but anyway uh so what have you what kind of differences have you noticed uh between like the festival art world versus like the traditional gallery world um, well, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot, but there isn't on some level too, depending on, you know, I mean, if you're speaking about right now, I would say um, because of the level of production that festivals are doing and putting energy into and where they're at, I sort of the expectation as the, you know, consumer or the festival goer goes to, there sort of is like a caliber that has to be met. So yeah. I feel like, you know, there's not that much difference. In fact, I feel like, you know, the festival art world, depending on what the festival is, of course, is sort of like providing so much more than just the gallery experience because they have so many things. You can go to a workshop, you can fall in love, you can, (laughs) I don't know, get a massage. Like you can't get that at the gallery. So, you know, I mean, you can't fall in love, but I'm just saying like, it's it's sort of in, in, in that sort of realm. But, you know, 
rewind back to 2003, something like that, 2005, where it was very fresh and new on the scene, mm-hmm. we were sort of like an afterthought or like not really taken serious or not really even budgeted in. So it sort of has a sort of feeling like, it's like, we want you, but we're not really sure what to do with you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I'm sure you being a live painter and dealing with festivals, it's always been me being like a coordinator. And then also on the other side, representing the artists, I always have really, really worked hard to try to advocate for you guys. Mm -hmm. And then still, you know, hold the festivals sort of, level of what they can do you know right, try right. to meet in the middle because it's it's really hard both sides as i know your side and i know my side and i know the festival side yeah. so yeah that must be a kind of a tough position to be in I, that's something that i didn't realize for the longest time uh just being a live painter was like how tough it is to kind of be a curator and yeah. you're dealing with like the the business side of the festival and they have a certain amount of, of money or budget for the artists. And, but then you, you see all this great art that you want to bring in, but you have to, you just have, there's only so many spots that you can, that you can allow. Um, and yeah, I, just to throw this out there, I mean, I feel you too, because when I started this podcast, I was like, Oh, this will be a fun little thing. And now I realize that I'm kind of like a, a gatekeeper or curator or something. And it's like that part of it I don't love because people end up like getting mad at you or, or like taking shit personally, or I don't know. It's just, Oh yeah. You should read some of my wonderful emails of things where people don't get accepted (laughs) or I'm an elitist or I'm all of these things. And I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. (laughs) Like back it up. You have no idea how hard it was to even get to us to this position. Yeah. You know, of respect. Like, Mm -hmm. A lot of us paved a lot of dirt roads for you to get to where you're at and and no disrespect either, but I'm just like you. I just want it to work out. So, <laughs> and I want it to be beautiful and I, I want you to survive and I want you to paint and thrive. So, yeah. How, yeah. W- what kind of changes have you seen um, it being in that position since you started? Well, I feel like a lot of artists have really leveled up and mm. have really taken this serious. Um, I think at first it was sort of, you know, I don't, I don't know, this might sound weird, but more like an opportunity, like, oh, I just want to go to the festival and I don't want to pay and I just want to show up and I just want to have like the free bennies and like, mm-hmm. but the majority of artists that I do work with, I feel take it very serious and it is a job. And it's also, you're like providing, you know, you're showcasing yourself, you're representing culture, you're representing all of these things and it's a responsibility if you really care about your work and what you're trying to do. And if you, you really want to be taken to the next level or, you know, beyond just the festival experience, I think you have to sort of constantly be, be a professional. And so that's one of the biggest things is I've seen is, you know, sometimes at the beginning, there was a lot of debauchery happening and (laughs) which is totally fine because I think that's awesome. Beautiful artwork, beautiful collaborations come out of that. And I've, I've seen it all. And um, so I think that that's cool, but I've also seen a lot of, you know, in the last 10 years, especially like, I mean, some of the best have gone on to, you know, really successful careers, art Mm -hmm. careers. 
like outs- outside of just the the festival yeah. world. Yeah. Right, but they were heavily immersed and that was sort of where they maybe it wasn't where they began, mm-hmm. but they came, they found community, they found a crew and then they expanded and probably will always come back. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, for you know, sure. Yeah. So how big is uh how big is like community on your on your list of like priorities when you're when you're kind of coordinating these things? It's a hope. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's also interesting too because you do definitely see how a lot of people are sort of out for themselves. So I know mm-hmm. that sounds kind of weird, but you know, I am dealing with a uh, art is from the self, and it is sort of can be can I don't know is it's huge. I feel like if we're not really working our best part that we have, then it kind of just goes out the window, whatever vision we're working on. So like if we're doing like, for example, you know, we did fractal planet or fractal nation. Then we moved into fractal planet at burning man. Mm -hmm. And that was such a huge part in community. If, if people didn't do their exact extreme parts, then we would, it wouldn't have been as successful. Burning man is definitely that's the the crucible where you find out who you know wants yep. to put in the work i guess yep. so to speak i've only 100%. been once but um someone you know told me beforehand like what a sparkle pony was and i was like oh i, I definitely don't want to be that um so yeah we definitely had many at our camps but they're important too <laughs> they are you know? too yeah because <laughs> they bring this kind of like chill vibe and you're like oh okay cool you know um but yeah. Yeah, I guess everybody has their their um, what what would you call it niche in the uh, in the ecosystem, sure. right? That's correct. Yeah. Um, so so when you get like applications to a festival to be either in a gallery or or featured as a live painter, is there anything specific that you're looking for, or? Yeah, you know? I do. Um, you know, I I. For the last few years, I've been pretty sophisticated in my application process, like having forms and like really specific questions. You know, I feel like I read every single one of them. I really? read all of the. Oh, yeah. Oh, because man. listen, there's so many times where I have let artists I have never heard of. They have a two followers on Instagram because I believe in what they're actually saying. And I feel like those are the artists that if I turn down, they might not paint anymore. Mm. This is their one shot. And it's not every day, but I definitely have done it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also, you know, look for professionalism and persistence. And I loathe when someone just sends me a link to their website. Send me some JPEGs. I want to see physical things that I can look at. Send me a video. Send me things that are like creating this dynamic experience that you're trying to share so I can share that with others. And it's really important, you know, having great photographs or what, however you document your work. If it's, if you do, you know, four by five, whatever, whatever, whatever your like um, shoot down process of your work, like have the best stuff. And if you can't afford that, which I totally understand, figure out a way to make that happen or talk about that in your application. Say, hey, I don't have the means right now to have a really great scan of my work. I'm working towards that. Yeah. Listen, that changes everything for me. 
That's interesting. So just being like upfront and completely honest and maybe even a little vulnerable uh, can can help you out. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It helps me, you know, I've definitely dealt with some people who have fluffed applications and then I have accepted they don't show up. They end up partying all weekend long (laughs) and they fluff, they, they totally flake on their mural or whatever. And I'm like, I'm embarrassed because I'm like, dude, I totally took a chance on you. And like, you know, or my worst thing is when people just flat out don't come and they, they're on the lineup They're I've given all this energy and I'm like, what if I just did that? Then we don't have an, <laughs> we don't have a gallery. Like, can you imagine yeah. that would never happen? So, but I take those artists as serious as I take my job because I want them. Now, obviously things come up, a family member or something yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. And I respect that, but you know, I think that that's happened more and more in the last few years, just because there's a lot more artists and I don't know everyone, Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like I did before. So yeah. Communication is key with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Though, you know, like yeah. if you're not going to show up to, to a gig, like it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a festival or, or even a gallery opening, it, it's nice. Tell it's me. always nice just to be like heads up person who's running this, who's put all types of energy into this. Totally. Not going to make and it. And it also gives me an opportunity to fill their spot with the 20 other artists I turned down, you know? So it yeah. feels sort of like, hey, you're you're taking someone's spot, rude. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> rude. Rude. <laughs> um, so, yeah, speaking of all these events, like everything just got canceled the last year plus now. Yeah. Um, what was your last event? Was it Jim and Jam? It was actually. I I have to tell you this, like right now, kind of publicly, that I felt bad for for kind of passing on Jim and Jam because that was the last that was the last time yeah. that happened, basically. For I know. yeah, so thank you, and um, I don't know. I just felt like you should know that for whatever reason. Hey, we're all like, that's the thing, you know, it's a tricky thing because it is far. Mm. It's a destination event. It's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot for me. It's a lot for all the artists, unless you live in Tucson or you live in that very close, you know, area, Mm. it's a trek and a journey to go there. And I really, really, really respect all of the people who make it to that event because it is special, but it's also work to be there. Yeah heat the you know all the conditions it's still sort of winter so Mm. you're dealing with like extreme so i get it so i no worries hopefully you can come again yeah (laughs) um so but what have you been doing since then uh well i basically had sort of a midlife like everything is shifting i mean i've been sort of you know working a little bit outside of the festival experience um wanting to move on to other things, not being taking very select events. Um, you know, I help with Tipper and friends. I love that. It's a really, it's like, brings me a lot of joy. They give me a lot of creative freedom. It's something that feels really good and Mm -hmm. supported. And so I probably will do that for as long as they have me. Um, and I basically went back to school and I am getting my BA in art history. I finish in um, a month from yesterday. Oh, wow. So I'll be graduating. Um, Congrats. Yeah. And 
Thank you. And I started a pretty intense research project on visionary art and culture. So I've been researching and writing about visionary art and contemporary cool. art, mixing glass and all these different sort of subcultures within visionary art and psychedelic art. What, okay. So are there any, <laughs> are there any tidbits in, in that part about your research into visionary art and how it's kind of emerged over the past, what, 20, 30 years? Yeah. I mean, I get, I mean, can you be a little more specific? Yeah, I, guess, I was going to say I'm like, like <laughs> sorry, I, I like, I, I don't have anything super specific, but like maybe how, um, like, okay. So something that I've, I've noticed is that like, like visionary culture, like it or not sort of springs up around weed and psychedelic culture. Yep. Um, and especially like with glass and stuff too. I mean, that's part of the reason I moved out to Colorado because it seemed like there would be a market here for people who like wild paintings and wild art, yeah. like just like looking at wild art. Have you have you tackled that subject at all in your research or no? Yeah, I mean, I'm tackling it. Um, it's sort of tricky. I think I'm going to dive deeper into that. So I got accepted to grad school. I'm moving to D.C. in oh, the wow. summer. Oh. And I'm going to be going to American University and um, for continuing my research on contemporary visionary art. And nice. I'm hope it's such a big deal that <laughs> multiple schools accepted me with my proposal of this being my focus only. So <laughs> that's super cool. It's a, I like want to cry. Cause it's like someone read my paper and they are giving me funding to do this. How yeah. cool is that? Yeah. You know? And, so. and it's, a, it seems to be like a, a nod from like, traditional institutions that That's like, right. yes, visionary art is a thing. Yeah. Whereas yeah, like, we're not leaving, we're yeah. not going anywhere. Right. Now, is there sub genres or different things or different parts? Maybe, you know, the word is sort of intense for people sometimes, mm -hmm. or, you know, that for myself included, you know, mm -hmm. there's always sort of a, there's just, yeah, there's lots of levels to that. So I'm, I'm just excited to sort of open what that means. And, um, yeah, you know, and explore that. Yeah, I mean, definitely with some of my current doctor professors, they're like, you know, we don't really want you to get caught up in like the whole psychedelic use just yet. I think it should be really focused on the art and what that's doing because- For sure. But also I think it's so important. So I'm trying to figure out a really classy way to navigate both. Yeah, yeah. So, because it's a part, it's not going anywhere, sure. but there's also sort of a way- I don't know it because every art movement has an element of that in it. It's how it's been, you know, totally. communicated. Yeah. 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 It's, you might like find some way to sort of Trojan horse the fact that like, yo, we smoke weed or whatever, you know, like <laughs> not like yeah. that, of course, like don't, well, I'm not don't say denying it. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> denying anything. I definitely say it's, a, it's, there's definitely, you know, I mean, some of the biggest patrons, you know, we cannot deny that yeah. this this genre has been supported by the legalization, the, all of these different factors. So I'm I'm not ignoring any of that. I just right, am right. really trying to, I don't know, <laughs> be De very graceful with it. For sure, for sure. Um, so how do you define visionary art? 
Well, I guess I always go back to how I define it. That's a big, I'm like, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> um, no, it's okay. <laughs> that I wasn't I, either. I, that's okay. I guess for me, it's like, I define it as, you know, a mode for healing and communication and like, really this outer source, this other world that people are really like, I don't know if they've gotten there through some sort of substance or if it's within their mind or meditation, but they're just sort of trying to convey this outer experience, but within a canvas. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's sort of, but I also think it's so much deeper. Like it's for me, it's this family, it's community. It's for, it's like the support, you know, I, a lot of art movements are out there. I just don't really necessarily feel that sort of level of connection. For and sure. And I feel like even if people aren't necessarily painting the ex- sort of the same thing or even the same colors or any sort of uh, sort of, but there's some sort of link between it. Yeah. You know, you can actually see it. It does fit. It has some stylized sort of you know, like with the abstracts and then the very, very realism, like I can put those in a show and it feels like it's complementary to it, to each other. Yeah. It feels right. Yeah. 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 It's kind of, to me, it seems like it's, um, it's like all inclusive, like, um, of course, like the people with the more refined skills tend to rise to the top, but like, it's kind of like come one, come all. There's yeah. not so much judgment, especially when someone's like first starting out and totally, I mean, you're, you know, typically like you're painting at, to bring it back to festivals, like you're just painting in the middle of a field or in the middle of a forest while music's happening. And so right. it's for me, especially I'll say that, like, I don't think I could have refined my skills <laughs> to the level that they're at now. And I still have a long way to go. We all do, you know, learning never stops, but sure. I don't think I could have gotten to where I'm at without that kind of container of, of sort of like n- not too harsh criticism, I guess. <laughs> Draco, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. Like it was sort of like a cushion, like, okay, you're welcome. Here's a canvas. You're going to express yourself. You've got this music going. You have all your friends. You're all having like this really sweet time. You're sort of taking bits and bobs of each person's sort of style, mixing it to yourself. Just, Draco, come here. Mm-hmm. My wiener dog. He is like, <laughs> well, my son just left. So he's like, oh, so sorry. Hold on the ground. No, it's okay. <laughs> come here, you little wiener. He'll just like whine the whole time. So if I don't just hold him, then. <laughs> nice. I'm glad he's joining us. <laughs> yeah. He is a very special part of everything that we do. <laughs> yeah. Draco, um, you said his name yeah, was? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, Duke Draco Mammoth. He's like thinks he's really big, but really he's like six pounds. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got a dog too. Luckily, she hasn't been uh, barking or whining. <laughs> yeah, they they're they are little people ish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, taking it back to that, Thank I think you. it's super important, you know. And it's always interesting too to sort of be in charge of situations like that. Where I was thinking a couple of years ago at Tipper, I remember having to like shut down some renegades and like having that conversation where I just kind of chuckled. Cause I'm like, well, I would have never said anything like, and now I'm in this position where I'm like, you're not going to like, 
you know, having to go tell, I don't know, it's just such a hard thing. Cause it's like, here we are. I put you on a flyer. I've really taken the time to like, you know, put you in this sort of spotlight. And then we've got like all these other artists who want to express themselves, which I totally think is beautiful, but yeah. Um, but then I have to be like, well, actually then it looks confusing and it's yeah. such a, it, I'm like, yeah, it's been really sort of interesting. So I'm wanting to learn how to deal with that better. For sure. For sure. Overflow or an area. I don't know what to do. I'm like, what do I do? It's, I mean, we've kind of started like this. It's a phenomenon. Like every, you know, and what am totally. I'm not going to kill your creative process. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't feel good. That's <laughs> tough. That's tough. Yeah. It's like a thankless job, you know, it's kind of like sort of has to be done because you want to honor the people That's that right. you did bring out and that right. have been putting in the work for, you know, sometimes 10 plus years or, or whatever. That's right. And, but you also don't want to just be like, you don't matter to someone who's like just starting out and they're like, Oh, of course, all these people are painting. I can paint too. Exactly. And and then who, you know, to, to be that bear of sort of funky news. And mm. I, again, it's like shutting them down could shut their whole like career down, you know, their the yeah, brain yeah. spaced out at like, Oh, Jen didn't allow me to do this because I remember, but I, I have some really great, you know, experiences with it too. So. Yeah. What are some of like your most memorable uh, festival moments? They don't have to be uh you don't have to tell us any secrets or anything, but. <laughs> well, I will say one of my peak moments, I think in was Fractal Planet, mm-hmm. uh, 2013. We've got a dome, a 60-foot dome filled with all this art, beautiful art. We've got John projecting, Andrew's projecting on the other dome. We've got two domes. Tipper's on, you know, we've got 10,000 people in the audience. I climb up the ladder and I'm just like crying because I'm like, we did it. It's like this literal dream peak moment where I'm not sure if it'll ever that particular thing, I don't know if we could ever replay. Sure, but, sure. Um, and that's okay because it was so, um, like, yeah, it w- I remember being up on top of that ladder just being like, I don't, this is it. <laughs> like, we did it. Like, yeah. we share, we're sharing our ultimate ex- expression with thousands and thousands of people, whether they meant to be there or not. They're here. Right, yeah. So, I- um, another one I would say would be, um, in Shambhala, we used to do Shambhala way back in 2003, four, five, six, I think seven was my last one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, crossing the border with a lot of art um, and not really knowing how to navigate a lot of that. Um, it was, I wouldn't say it was illegal, but it was sort of like you needed a lot of forms and you needed to, and we weren't really there yet. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I'm admittedly saying, you know, yeah, yeah. and, and it was really interesting as the art was getting more popular and people were getting better sophisticated websites, they were knowing that we were kind of coming because it was this event. Mm-hmm. So they would like, we would, people would get stopped and then they would be like, Oh, well you sell all your stuff for this, this, they knew like itemized listing and wow. they would tax us on each print. And yeah, yeah. so we'd end up paying them all this money just to get across. And I'd be like, wow, we've, we've kind of made it, <laughs> you know, like people yeah. are paying attention. Yeah. So that was interesting. Man, yeah. paying taxes to another country on sales of artwork. I mean, 
Did you expect it? I guess probably not the first time you went in. No, it was sort of detrimental. I was like actually really nervous. Like our, I mean, sometimes we would be doing these events, Roman and I alone with the two kids and, you know, we meeting people there, whatever crew and that whatever money we had is what we had. It wasn't like we had tons of excess. We sort of were very organic in the way that we, you know, like, how can I say it, it was, we, and most of the money that we'd spent was on creating products. So a lot of times we kind of came just like, I hope this works out. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> just the, like everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say that's the, the beauty and the, and the curse of the festival world is yeah, it's a gamble. Uh, really if you're is. a, if you're a, a painter, an artist, in particular, yeah, like it could rain, it could rain all yeah, weekend yeah, and you can't sell anything. Right. You right. know, maybe depending on, you know, obviously now with like, we have more sophisticated gallery spaces with like sure. tents and things, you know, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's part of the reason I, I kind of like it too. It's like, Oh, what am I going to gamble on this year? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I kinda, yeah, yeah. It's kind of exciting to me. Um, I, I don't know if you, if you still feel that way, I feel like maybe since like tribe 13 is a little more established, you're, you'll probably, you're probably given a a guarantee maybe from the festival that like your ass is covered or no. You know, it really depends on who I am dealing with. You know, sometimes you, you negotiate like a budget prior, right. And that's just to kind of cover your costs, depending. It just depends on everyone's individual. Right. So sure. Like certain things are covered, but a lot of times it's not like we're relying on sales to happen. You're hoping for them to happen for you, for the artist and also the teeny bit of percent or something, you know what I'm saying? So it's sort you're sort of like, yeah, we were kind of covered in a way, but a lot of that budget goes to all the different facets. So it's not like I'm pocketing all this cash. And, right. You know right. I mean? It's like all, so yeah, sometimes yeah. it's, yeah. <laughs> so it's, as you kind of, you know, as evolution has happened within this, I try to na- navigate and negotiate things where I'm not fully dependent on that, or totally. I just don't even think about that anymore. I try to think about, this is what we're doing. If this happens, it's a bonus and we're good. We're good. Regardless. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I try to make sure that I can at least break even or feel like I'll probably yep. break even, you know, like that there's yeah. a good guarantee on that. But I mean, I used to just accept everything, you know? Yeah. Same. <laughs> and, <All of> it. <laughs> and that's, I mean, you know, that's fun when, uh, when you can, I guess. Uh, but now I'm, I'm trying to be a little more choosy and a little more Same. like, realizing the power of like a, uh, you know, like a polite, a polite, no, thank you. You know, sometimes you got to do that. Yeah. It's really important. And I think that's the other thing I could say to new or even established artists within like festival culture, gallery type situations is like really like mapping out like what's your dream, what are your dream events that you want to go to regardless of anything. And maybe you don't get in for five years, but mm-hmm. you keep applying and you keep being persistent and you keep building your portfolio and you keep being sort of, you know, really adamant about it. And then, you know, like what, what can you handle and what is just an absolute no? And don't let that no cross into your yes. <laughs> like a lot of times yeah. people will be like, 
well, you know, <laughs> oh, everyone's going. And you're like, I know this. I did this before. I, <laughs> why am I doing this again? Yeah. You know, or if you do do that, then you have to literally just put aside any expectations of right. financial gain. Right. Right. You that's just, it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, it's uh, <laughs> a good advice in general, just to kind of like not lower your expectations, but maybe don't even think, you know, if you're making that decision, just realize like, okay, I've made the decision and now I'm yep. just, I am going to expect the best, prepare for the worst and uh, let's go. Let's have a good time. Yeah. And a lot of festivals too, I think a lot of people don't know this, but obviously with COVID and everything's strange, but most things you want to start to apply for or reach out to January before March, like January, yeah, March. Yeah. I'm sure you know this, but a lot for of people sure. don't. They're like, oh, just slide in. You write to me like a week before the event. I'm like, you're like, dude. <laughs> I'm like, wow. But you know what's funny too? And 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 in defense of that, I have definitely had some artists, random artists that I'm like, your work's killer. We can find a spot for you. So yeah. sometimes I'm like, it's how you approach it. Mm -hmm. If you're like, hey, you guys are missing out if you don't have me, I'm probably gonna be like, okay, whatever. Are we? You know? <laughs> But also if you approach it like, hey, I know it's super last minute. I'm really sorry. I would love to attend. How can I make this happen? And that's, again, like just being really clear in your communication and mm -hmm. sort of ego down and being like, hey, I really need this. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Like you make it work. Do you, do you think that this is just something I just thought about, but do you think that um, like communicating via the internet, via text is people kind of forget the like, rules of like social like engagement sometimes and they're just like like because i'm i'm assuming that no one would ever like come up to you in person and be like yo you're missing out if you don't bring me to your festival but then like via email yes. i don't both, know both both sides i get a both yeah. oh yeah. for sure my favorite my very favorite thing that happens to me is like midstream thursday night full you know just you're in full production mode and someone comes up to, to show you their portfolio <laughs> i'm like wow you are really tapped out like yeah. to have that confidence is just i love it but yeah. i also am like buddy like wow yeah, yeah. you know or like you're just so missing like and then i'm like you just don't know who i am and that's cool too yeah, but yeah. i just mean like you don't know the position that i'm in and that just that i'm speaking from every curator you know for and sure like trying to include like we're busy people and especially this event is really counting on us to to do a good job right and it, it, like and the timing of it if you see people <laughs> carrying literal walls around yeah. like maybe yeah. Maybe wait a couple hours till they're done to approach someone. <laughs> yeah, it's my I, absolute favorite. Like I, I almost want to wear a T-shirt on those days that just says, if "You want to show me your portfolio?" Right now is not the time. <laughs> <laughs> or just now is not a good time. Now is not a good time. <laughs> yeah, I hope this is helping someone. Like for us, it's just I hope kind of so. it's we're cracking fun. up, but I think it's yeah. it's important, you know. For sure. And also too. Another thing I always want to say too is like to uh, to artists like you know spend the time frame your work frame your work I think that's like one of the biggest things that um I've had to deal with sort of or like if you can't frame it 
then figure out a way to really, you know, have it hang ready. Yeah. So it's really, (laughs) you know, just, these are so simple, but it's Mm -hmm. such a huge thing that I feel like, and that's where I feel like, you know, there is sort of this separation between like art school and, and festival land, like, you know, in academia, there is a bit of like this sort of push for professionalism and in, in marketing and getting your work ready, right? So, and that's where I want to, I'm actually working on some future things about some of the the aspects of like how to get ready for either the gallery or the festival, like how, you know, I can help artists like really sort of get more solid up their level, I guess, Yeah, you know, yeah. be more, cause I mean, I'm still learning. I am not a professional in any way <laughs> and I'm still constantly learning as well, but you know, there's just a few things that I've learned along the way that I've seen help different people's careers. So. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's something I think I could work on too. Uh, just professionalism. Um, yeah, that's a tough one though. I think if you've been, you know, I did, you know, like for me, I went to college, but I didn't go for art. And then okay. I just kind of popped in and was like, all right, I'm a painter now, you know? And yeah. luckily enough, like I said before, like I had an environment that was supportive enough yet. Like I was, I was seeing like honest feedback in terms of like sales and stuff. Right. Like, right. Like things for you to keep perfu- pursuing what you're doing. You were like, Oh, this is working. Yeah. I should keep doing this. Yeah. Right. Right. But there, there are little things like you were saying, like just having your painting ready to be hung with the, you know, the eye screws in the back and, you know, don't assume that anyone's going to do it for you. You know, paint the sides of your painting if you're not going to have it framed. That's Um, right. And like you were saying, like some people can't maybe afford to have their painting framed or don't know how. Um, But that's where we have to communicate. And that's where I want to do more things like host free workshops like hey okay these are your resources because limitations are great like with limitations that's when you get that's the real nectar and the real creativity comes out totally because you think anybody can go to get a frame but if you know what i'm saying like if you have money it's like whatever you buy it here it is but like when you really have to figure out you know the process or like you know stretching your own canvas like i mean there's a lot of artists out there who don't know how to do that and so I feel like it's super, I want to be able to share certain things like that just because I've learned. Luckily, Mark Henson showed me. I mean, he has to, we go over it all the time. He lives like 15 minutes from here. And so oh, we nice. spend a lot of time together and awesome. he's, just, he's amazing. And so I'm always like, Mark, we just got to help these younger artists because they just didn't have the, some of them didn't have the opportunity to learn these skills. Right, they just right. dove right into painting. <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. Totally respectable. Yeah but we have other things to sort of match the skill level. We, we, we do have to take some time to learn those skills. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like anything else, you know, the more yeah. you are practice at it, you'll, you'll get better and it'll feel more natural and yeah. you'll get into a flow. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. So do you, do you plan, you plan on having workshops like that when festivals fire back mm-hmm. up or yeah, I mean, I want to figure out a way to integrate it if it's not necessarily me, but creating a team. It would be really awesome to have a few different artists volunteer so we could actually kind of come together, create like a some sort of, you know, itinerary of what we want to offer because then other artists can just sort of like, I just feel like if 
enough people take 20 minutes out of their day or something during that, you know, and it, it could be pre-recorded. It could be at the event itself. Yeah. I just think that people are really interested in that part. And a lot of times people are embarrassed and they don't want to tell you they don't know how to do that because right. it's sort of is like, oh, um, it could like define your creative. I don't know. Because yeah. I've seen it, you know, where artists are like, I don't know how to put eyelets in my painting. Like, where do I put? They'll, they'll, they'll do it for me. And it's totally wrong. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, you know, and then I'm thinking, oh, they just don't know. Yeah, I need yeah. to help them, you yeah. know, like give a little lesson and, but not, you know, offend them, but just right. give them, the, you know, so I feel like how to do that without, yeah, I don't know. I want to think about, yeah, I want to figure out a way that we can do something like that. Those eyelets are hard. I know. Sometimes, like, I still have trouble with it. If you're trying to, like, just use your hand to twist it in there, it's, like, doesn't exactly work. Well, you need a, you need a, um, Thumbtack. like a Leatherman. Or a, Leatherman yeah. is really good. Yeah. Um, also, I've sort of started to stray a little way, a bit away of those. And I use these really cool ones that you can just drill right in. And yeah. Yeah. I bought, so, you know, I'm just sort of at this point, I'm like, whatever's easiest on my wrist. Totally. Because, <laughs> It's I feel like, that wears you down, you know? Yeah. I had to stretch like uh seven canvas prints all like ranging from like small, medium to very large, uh, yeah. a couple, like maybe a month ago or something. And by the end of the day, my hand was just like shot. You oh know? yeah. It's like people don't realize you're like manual laboring these like, you know, yeah. like stretching and you're just like tight. It's yeah. You get blisters. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely one of those things like, I was just thinking, you know, someone might be thinking like, oh, why wouldn't you just watch a YouTube video or look it up on Google? And some of these things you have to have that kinetic learning happening or at least maybe be there to to see the finer points of it, you know? Yeah, I mean, definitely YouTube and things like that are helpful. But I think, you know, like one of the biggest things I think I took from Mark was like using the light to match, you know, the the, the, the frame with the actual print. I never knew that. I never even thought to do that. I just thought you just lay it down, you match, you go around. But he was like using the light, looking through it and matching yep. the corners. And I was like, genius. And it's that sort of thing. If we're in a room with people, that's like a, whew, it's yeah. an instant sort of thing. It's, I guess we could say it on YouTube, but it's so much like, you know, it yeah. just feels like it will connect. Like you said, it's sort of like, oh, okay, that makes sense. For sure. And I think we're all ready to get back to in-person stuff too big time yeah. big time so um have you been i i can't not bring this up uh have you been following nfts lately yeah yes. what do you yeah, what's your sure. what's kind of like your overall take on that well i personally think nfts are awesome for authenticity for mm -hmm. tracking as for a person who's obsessed with um where the painting after it's been purchased goes it's such a huge part of like, of who I am. I, I love knowing value. I like knowing yeah. like the growth or the sales or the multiple sales or the, you know, the secondary market or however that part I'm so fascinated with. So this is something that I see it being, you know, as we evolve from it, not just being in the internet, you know, like sort of like not uh, an NFT, but actually inter inter creating that within the um, physical canvas or physical yeah. properties, I feel like that's going to be a huge thing. I want to see it be more eco. That part is sort of for sure. hard for me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
but I know, you know, I've, I speak with Annie all the time and we're, she's constantly researching. We're trying to learn more about like different things. Do I not want to do it because of that? I'm sort of, I'm still probably will engage in it for sure. But, and I am helping some certain things happen, but yeah. Does that make sense? What yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I just wanted okay. to, I, I wanted to say, um, there are uh, a couple, couple platforms that use uh, Tezos now. Have okay, you heard yeah, of these? Yeah, yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. Tezos is already on the the proof of stake uh, blockchain, which kind of cuts the energy consumption by like you know into like a thousandth of a percent of what it was. You know. Yeah. Um, so they're called Hicket Nunk, and I'll link these in the description. Um, Perfect. And Calament.io. And um, Calament actually just did something with Pangea Seed uh, okay. recently, because Pangea Seed I think was going to do it on Maker's Place or Foundation or something. But then they were like, "Wait a second, we're Pangea Seed, you know? Like, totally. it's this. It's one of the largest, um, you know, climate stewarding uh, charities. I don't know how to say it, but they're yeah, I hear you. <laughs> they're basically involved in you know, like helping the the Earth survive." uh, all us humans. And so they sort of realized the environmental impact and they switched over to Calament, which is run on the Tezos blockchain. Um, so just, I just want to throw that out there as like a informational thing for, for you and anyone who might be listening. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of has always been just because here I am like this visionary curator and we're all about healing the planet and the earth and like sure. you know i'm like so weird about products and all of these things and then here we're just like yeah let's do some nfts and just like totally <laughs> erase everything we're talking about no just kidding but it feels <laughs> sort of you know it feels sort of that's why i just want more information yeah and thank you for sharing that i really appreciate it yeah of course yeah and if it i think i understand and I know I've said this, I repeat myself all the time on here, but I know like, I really understand why artists would just get into an NFT and, and kind of be like, yo, that's, that's not on me. Um, so I just wanted to repeat that. I don't ever, I don't ever blame an artist for trying to. Absolutely not. It's one more way to get your art out there and be received and it take control and it, like that part that's the other thing i'm like i'm way about it yeah i just wish but i feel like that's like anything right like anything amazing there's going to be a little sort of you know drawback to it and so i think it's awesome and i'm i'm really impressed and i've been watching all of the different (laughs) ebbs and flows for for sure you know so are you do you get on clubhouse very much all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I sort of took like a couple week break. Um, I just would never get anything done when I was on there. Yeah. That's the well, only it's part. Really, it's hard. If I need to like not think about my paper mm. or papers, mm-hmm. I just need like 20 minutes to just hear other people's like sort of whatever. Yeah, I'll yeah. do it. But right now I'm just so focused on trying to graduate. Like that would literally, I will get nothing done. So I'm just like, you know, so I'm like, no. Yeah. But yeah. if I need, it's like TV, not, t- I don't have TV, but if I were to watch TV, that would be sort of like just turn off and hear other people sort of have like what they're experiencing. I don't know. Just hear other but, people's like 
consciousness yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, just <laughs> something else because I'm not really around that many, you know, people right now. So where where are you, by the way? Just to... I live in Ukiah, California, so okay. it's two hours north of um, San Francisco. Awesome, cool. Yeah, yeah. You live there for a while. Yeah, I've been here since 2007. I moved here right. due to festivals and weed and all of the things. And right. this is just a sort of a, a magic land for that. It's beautiful. It's definitely challenging to continue to live in a place that is sort of, um, you know, a lot of people have left. They went to Grass Valley. They went to Denver. They, you know, like a lot yeah, of people yeah. sort of, were sort of like the, the, the diehards that are still here in a sense because Mendocino County is it's not easy, but, um, mm. my kids are here. And now that they're like 20 and 23, I am now like way can leave and I'm, I'm looking forward to a shift. Yeah. For sure. That'll be cool. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. on that. I don't know if I said that, but I'll repeat it. That's <laughs> pretty cool. You. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big deal, honestly. Um, and I'm scared and I'm also beyond excited. Yeah. So you're studying art history. Who's yeah. Who stands out in the last, um, I don't know, 3,000 years of art. <laughs> Do you well, have a favorite? I mean, oh, that's, that's, a big, um, that's a big comment or a big question. Let's see. Like within the last. It doesn't have to be that long. Just, you know, I was kind of making a joke with the whole 3,000 yeah, yeah, totally. years thing. Like, who's your favorite after? I mean, I'm super interested in you know, uh, recently I'm really trying to like focus on a lot of female visionary artists. Yeah. I have really wanting to sort of push that our first show in 2003, there was one and that was Martina Hoffman. Really? And yes, there was one woman in that show out of the plethora of artists that we had access to. And that was sort of strange for me just to sort of see the you know, um, I don't, we didn't have a piece of Allison's in that show, which I thought was sort of strange, but we just had mm. Alex's work. And I think, um, yeah, it was interesting. And, you know, there was definitely, if there's female artists out there, it just, it was sort of so new in, in creating this, this group or this tribe or whatever we, what was happening during that time. So to watch it really just grow exponentially in the last, you know, 17 years or whatever it's been, it's, warms my little heart. And so just to, so the more I can sort of, you know, help the female aspect because there is a little bit of a difference yeah, in, in notoriety. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> so. Do you, do you think just, wh why do you think that is? I don't know. I think traditionally like, well, you know, I'm actually one of the things that I've been focusing on is that a lot of the women that are in our scene have chosen to not have kids. And um, that has been an interesting sort of like uh, watching that being that they're giving birth to canvas or they're mm -hmm. giving their birth through their, through their art. And it's really beautiful, but it's also really sort of, it's, it's different. And so I don't know what, what it is. I think, you know, a lot of times if you become a mom, a mother, you can sometimes your art sort of, it's important, but it's not your number right. one thing anymore. Right. Of course. So, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that, but I mean, within our own personal scene, I mean, all the women, I don't, every 
female artist that I think is just pushing the envelope right now doesn't really have a child. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's, yeah. It's a totally. sort of interesting, you know, and being a person who had two children and did all of these things and sort of schlepped them around the world, <laughs> literally. Yeah. I always was kind of like, well, yes, I'm a little nuts. I know that. But also sort of like, uh, wow, watching them like just paint and go to sleep and then do it again. You know, and here I am like, okay, trying to feed them, hang the gallery, pay people out. I was like, this is crazy. But, you know, it's just everyone has their position. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, so what uh, what are some future projects or, or or dream goals that you have in mind, maybe after you're finished with your school? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to... Well, I want to focus on books. I want to focus on uh, some sort of large-scale documentary that is very detailed and is not too far in any direction where it could be sort of not taken seriously. For sure. And I want to do huge, large-scale international shows through museums. I want to take travel a traveling show and I wanted to take like a historical aspect and have a timeline and just super pro and really sort of I mean you know visionary art goes back to cave paintings but like within like contemporary visionary art I would like to really kind of hone in on that part of it that's awesome sort of yeah and sort of really and then integrating with all the technological advances that is like the dream just having motion and video and Android and all these different things that <laughs> music and all the things we've been, you know, doing for so long, but now we're at the level where we can really explode and share with the world, you know, for sure. But in a sort of an institutional setting. Right. Yeah. Like you don't want to take the spirit away of what it is, but you also not. want to make it accessible to someone who went to like art school or whatever. And, you know, well, yeah. Like, so last week, um, Amanda, myself, and my son went to Meow Wolf, okay? Nice. And we went through and we, you know, there's so, the whole time I'm just like, I cried three times because I'm like, man, watching the different people being in these different installations and knowing all of the artists and knowing the yeah. music and knowing, like that this happened and is happening and there's more to it. But the fact that we're going to share with some random family from wherever <laughs> Kansas and they come to Vegas and they go yeah. to, it's like woo, we made it like that is a peak life experience and For I'm sure. sure it'll always grow and get better but that's what we have right now on that level and that was a really it was a huge deal yeah I feel like Meow Wolf is he is visionary art without explicitly being like yo we're visionary art you know um yeah I don't know if you, you've been to the one in uh, in Santa Fe too, right? No? I haven't. Oh, you haven't? No. Okay. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I really want to go. I, I think that would be. I and well, because I'm also writing about it in my paper, just about the the legitimacy of what they're doing for you know absolutely, and, and the choice and the process of who they chose and how there is only a few female artists involved, and you mm-hmm. know, just how does that work? And mm-hmm. just um, but yeah, I haven't been. I really would like to go because I feel like that would sort of maybe tie a little bit more together than mm-hmm. the mission and the vision. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I went by myself the first time I was like traveling. I went out to California and traveled back, but, um, 
it was I was just like, how are there not like murals of of all the artists I love like in here? It 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 lends itself to that. The whole idea of it is like there's like a story like embedded in the structure in the art installation and it's called eternal eternal return and the first okay. like you can walk through this fireplace and uh, hopefully i'm not spoiling it for anybody but the fr- the the thing that's on like the little tv in the next room you go into is just terrence mckenna talking about like terrence mckenna stuff you know psychedelics and wow. the human experience and stuff and i was like oh well i like the direction this is going in um but yeah anyway Sorry to just uh, ramble there. No, it's awesome because, you know, and that's the thing, sort of what I I could say. It's like Meow Wolf was awesome and super grateful that it happened, but we have, it's just the beginning. That's just the beginning of what we all have access to. And because of them doing that, it just creates a a platform for us to continue building on. And that, you know, whether, because, you know, I've definitely heard different opinions about different things and, nothing's perfect no festival sure. no gallery no museum no meow wolf nothing is perfect yeah but we have to be super appreciative of the opportunities that we are given and build off of those absolutely absolutely um so yeah i've got uh i got one more question yeah. for you this will be our last question okay w- what would you say Great. is your superpower Um, I guess seeing the macro and, um, really, well, and definitely networking, um, has helped, you know, just like really, really sort of Legoing life. Like I see your art, I see it over here. I see this person, I see this buying it and it all just sort of comes together I think just being, I mean, it's sort of cliche to be like, oh, being a visionary, but like really seeing like beyond just our immediate, you know, experience and like, sure, we might have an event in two months, but I'm already planning the the, the next event, uh, event three, three years down the line of what I hope to see, you know, and so really just sort of seeing the macro in this whole experience. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. To, I know it can be hard to like big ups yourself, but like, yeah, like operating in complete chaos is really great. I don't know. Yeah. In like extreme conditions, hurting cats and juggling plates or whatever. Totally. Yeah. Well, awesome. Sweet. Thank you so much, Jen. I really appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Uh, Thanks for having me. It was so awesome to share. And yeah, if anyone ever, yeah, reach out. I'd love to continue the conversation. Yeah. So. Where, so yeah, just real quick, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram under Ancient Digital or Tribe 13 Gallery. You can find me on good old Facebook. Um, you can, under <laughs> Tribe 13 Gallery, you can find me on, I guess, uh, tribe13.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of those things are available. Cool. Awesome. Sweet. I will link all those in the description as well. And uh, awesome. thanks everyone for listening. And thank you, Jen. Hopefully we'll talk soon. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much.